Hey everybody, this is Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Alliance School, coming to you today for the Survival Show podcast. Thank you for joining me for my regular foray into Manly Musings. Hey, I've been away, man. I have been away. I recognize that. I've had a lot going on, and so uh, it's, it's good to be back with you. I've got a, what I feel like is a, I'm pretty excited about it too, if you can't tell by the pitch of my voice. But I'm pretty excited about this podcast today. I've got two-parter. I've been doing these two-parters for the Survival Show podcast, and I like how these are going. But one of the things that I thought I would do here in part one and part two is I've got a quiz for you. And this quiz is one that I utilize in a class that I recently call, uh, taught called Nature Immersion. And basically, nature immersion class is where you go out and you just get a good grasp of what's around you in nature. And this is a week long or a weekend long class that I taught, and it's incredibly beneficial because it it helps those of us who, in this particular podcast, those that are interested in survival, um, it just enhances your ability to know where the traps are, to where to set up the best shelter, and why. What kind of wood is the best wood to get for a fire? And so on and so on and so on. So uh, it's I think it's a, a real useful tool for those of us interested in survival for sure. But really just anybody that's interested in gaining more nature. Now, these tests, this quiz that I'm going to give you is, again, commonly referred to as a tourist test. That's a way that I heard it put the first time that I took one. Uh, the first time I ever took a test like this was when I was getting certified as a naturalist for Wilderness Awareness School. And Mr. John Young was overseeing that school at the time. I think he may have sold it by now. I don't know. I'm sure he's probably still involved. But uh, John Young's just an incredible naturalist. Um, he's got a, a wealth of information. And what is very particularly good at what he does is he's good at putting that out in extended learning, where you might not be under his mentorship right underneath him in person. You're remote. You're doing it online or whatever. He's fantastic at putting information together for that. So uh, I recommend you check those, those folks out. But one of the things that uh, this tourist test does is it just offers us a baseline. And so if I'm teaching a class, it helps me get a baseline understanding of the students in the class for sure. But this also is a baseline for just you to understand yourself better. And so what I'm going to do is go through this tourist test, this test on... Um, Part one and part two, I'm going to go over the answers as best I can. Now, the reason I say that as best I can is because some of these questions I simply cannot answer for you. They are questions specifically for you, and so um, it is. Uh, it, it, it's a valuable learning tool, that is for sure. Now, I will say that I've been through a number of nature-related coursework, nature immersion coursework, whether it's tree identification or edible medicinal plants or what have you. And almost every time I do that with a really qualified instructor they will offer some sort of tourist test. And you can call it whatever you want to. It's just a good test to get a baseline understanding. So in this particular case for this podcast, my goal is to help you develop a base understanding of the things that, from my perspective, and so my perspective might be a little bit different than yours. From my perspective, these are the baseline questions that most everyone should be able well, every If you're interested in being outdoors and seeing what's going on around you, you should be able to answer uh, a, a good portion of this, way over half of these questions. Whether you can answer all of them or not, I don't know. I mean, I put the test together, and I can't answer all the questions. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it is that. I say that to encourage you that you, you may or may not get them all right. 
there is no right answer. It's just a baseline of understanding for you. So let's get into it. Number one, can you name a bird from from your area? Number two, what time of day during daylight hours is least active for birdsong and calls? So here's my recommendation for you. I would just listen to this podcast while you're sitting down, not while you're driving. And uh, when I ask these questions, just pause and write your answer down as best you can. Number three, when a bird is singing from a low perch, how will a feeding deer respond? Number four, can you name a nocturnal animal from your area? Number five, name one snake in your area that is venomous and name one of its identifying characteristics. See what I mean? That uh, I can't answer all these questions for you because your area, you might be in South Alabama. Uh, Todd Gibson, you might be in Wisconsin. Jim Cobb or whoever's listening out there. All right, so number six, what is a deer's most likely response to an approaching human? Number seven, as you are walking through a forest, you notice several golf ball sizes of masses of fur, skulls, and feathers littered about. What are those things? Number eight, what common bird has a white breast and sits near roadways in, at least it sits in road, near roadways in our area here in central Kentucky and a lot of areas too, but it may not be yours, so we'll see. Number nine. Name one way you can easily check the weather before going outside. Number 10, what direction does most of the heavy rains come from at your house? Number 11, what type of tree is lightning most likely to strike in your area? Number 12, which trees are most dangerous in a windstorm? Name only one. Number 13, name a tree that is good to hunker down by during a severe storm. All right, number 14, name one plant that grows at or near your house. Number 15, name one plant in your area that is harmful to humans. Number 16, name one plant in your area that can be used to treat insect bites and stings. Number 17, list two trees that produce mast. Number 18, name five plants that are common in your area. Number 19, name a species of plant or tree that always grows near water. Number 20, I love this question right here. If you don't know the answer to this question, use this as an excuse to get out and figure it out. Number 20, when you turn the faucet on at your house, where does that water come from? Number 21, 180 degrees is what cardinal direction? Number 22, if there is no sun shining and you need to walk in a straight line for several hundred yards through a thicket, how would you do it? Number 23, name your favorite thing to do outside. I guarantee you get that one right. Number 24, what is the most dangerous spiders of our area and what markings identify it? Number 25, what was the indigenous culture of your area? Number 26, what key plant species is missing today from our local forest? Number 27, what is one way you can forecast weather with the woods? Number 28, what does the presence of many frogs indicate about an ecosystem? Number 29, what species gets more numerous on the north side of hills versus the south side? 30, 
What is the best natural tinder in your area to start a fire? Number 31. Name one type of call emitted by wildlife that will affect the behavior of many species of birds or animals. Number 32. When planting a garden, tell me something important about planting corn. Number 33. When you're going to pack a backpack, should you have the heaviest item in your pack on the bottom, top, or in the middle? Number 34. Have you ever tried to track an animal? Number 35. If you notice that the distance between steps of someone you are tracking increases several inches, what does that usually indicate? Number 36. What is the main difference between a dog track and a cat track? Number 37. What characteristic differentiate white oaks from red oaks? Name only one. Number 38. Oh man, it's raining. Golly, we haven't had rain in over three weeks. This is awesome. Man, it feels feels good. Do you know what any of the following mean? UTM, USNG, or MGRS? Number 39. Can you name one species of plant in your area that you could make a salad of and it not be bitter? Number 40. You need three things to make a fire. Which one is missing? Oxygen, fuel source, and blank. Name of type of rock, if any, from your area. Number 42. Write down some things you should take with you on a short day hike. Number 43. Look around you. Can you see some natural food from where you sit? Number 44. Does moss grow on the north side of trees? Number 45. Does running water always lead to civilization? Number 46. Do the number of rings of a tree tell you how old it is? Number 47. Do bear hibernate in the winter? Number 48. Why do leaves turn color in the fall? Number 49. Can you determine a species of animal by its poop? Number 50. What, if anything, intimidates you regarding nature? So, yeah, there you have it. The tourist test. There's some good questions in there, isn't there? So, again, just keep in mind, this particular part one is for you to uh, just check yourself. Just answer the ones that you can and don't feel bad about the ones that you can. It's no big deal. It's not, you're not getting graded. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to call you up or have you write in and go, I got 25 out of 50. I got five out of 50. I got 50 out of 50. I'm not going to ask you to do all that. All I want you to do is utilize this as a baseline of understanding. Now, again, this is, this is, you know, I wrote this particular to my region, so your region might be very different from mine, depending upon where you're listening. But you can probably see what we're getting at. I'm trying to get a, a baseline of understanding when I'm teaching this as a class, trying to get a baseline of understanding for my students. Because we do go through these answers, and I ask them to answer them and say, hey, what do you know, and what do you don't know? And that way, I, I, I can provide them the best instruction that I can as an instructor. But in mine and your case here on the podcast, what I want you to do is uh, try to get an understanding of what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to get a good look at the trees because trees are drivers. Man, there's so much as far as survival is concerned. If you will live in a wilderness area where trees are around, then they are such a huge driver of everything that goes on around. So you can see I asked a lot of questions about trees. Um, you know, the water system, what can it tell us? 
we talked about basically some geology because we we hardly ever think about the geology of a place and what kind of things that we can gain from it. So um, weather is a big thing that affects us when we go outside. So I asked a couple of questions about weather prediction and and the ways of looking at at the weather and trying to get a better idea of what's going on around you before it happens. And I think that makes sense. Now, here's what I wrote down from my class that I was teaching, just to give you an understanding, okay? Because Kentucky is one of the most wealthiest states in in the country for natural resources. And, man, we've had people stomp and basically just destroy and rob and rape our state for years now, corporate entities, government entities, and uh, so the people of Kentucky get all focused on basketball and they don't really appreciate their natural resources. Now, that's my personal opinion, but we we have a lot of resources here. Your area may not have as many resources, but here's here's something that I love sharing with people when we take this tourist test, okay? As far as insects are concerned, the entomology of the world, there are more than one million different types of sp or species of insects. Here in Kentucky, there's more than 10,000. As far as trees, there's more than 60,000 different species of trees. And there's approximately 120 naturally occurring species here in Kentucky. Plants, there's 391,000 plus species of plants in the world. There's over 2,000 here in Kentucky. There's 40-plus mammal species on basically a small wooded wilderness environment. You could possibly see 40 different mammal species in on on a 100-acre track of land. And those different mammals have different footfalls. They have different foot patterns. They, they, some of them waddle. Some of them trot. Some of them walk. Some of them bound. Some of them hop. I mean, it's, there's so many different things that you can get from wildlife and the point i'm trying to make here is that you nor i know it all we don't know it all there's no way you can memorize one million different insects in the world you just can't you just can't do it i can't do it you can't do it even the professors i'm currently going through master naturalist training for at the university of kentucky the professors at the university of kentucky can't do it now they have their own particular specialty that they're good at just like maybe my specialty is just practical woods knowledge, but, but, um, nobody can know it all. So be okay with not knowing it all. The key is when you don't know something, do you know how to go about to get the information if you need it and, or just want it? Okay. That way, if you, if you are lacking information or lacking knowledge in a certain area that, hey, you find interesting, like tree identification, for example, do you have the resources to be able to uh, take care of that so that you can fix that in your own world, wherever it is that you live? So that's it, part one. Join me on part two, and I'm going to go through these and just have some comments from my perspective, and I'll do my best to be open more than just Kentucky 2 and see what we can learn from it. So, hey, I just want to go ahead and say again, hey, support our sponsors. We, we need you guys to, to support our sponsors. You can, you can throw a couple of dollars in the, in the hat for us right on Anchor if you want to. There's a way to donate directly to us. Go to the survivalshow.com website, and that way you can support this podcast and everything that we're doing here. And as always, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.